Polyhedron is a production of Simulacra Studios. You can find us on Twitter, at SimulacraRPGs, or at PolyhedronCast. If the visual medium is your thing, you can follow us at SimulacraTV on both Twitch and YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash simulacrastudios and sign up to be a patron. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast. I am your host, Matthew, and unfortunately I do not have Ryan here, but I do have Scott. I am in fact here. Yes, he is present digitally. Yes. Literally, metaphorically, I don't know how that works. Are you literally here? You're I don't not. know. I'm I'm more here than you on. I'm the one doing the fucking recording and editing. That's true. That's true. It is more real to you than to me, I guess, if you want to scale of reality. Scale Absolutely. Of you're you're the figment, motherfucker. <laughs> I problem is that means I'm in your head. <sighs> well, you know, I've, I've I've done some pretty bad things to my brain, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're sorry we skipped. It was we were kind of burnt out. It's the holidays. Please forgive us. You, you should expect it by now. At some point, there's gonna there'll be a crash. Yeah, uh, and, and and then we'll we'll rally. We'll yeah. rally, and then we'll be okay. It's all um, good. It's all good. Yeah, definitely rallied last week because I got my first official case of COVID. Everyone, I'm fine. My wife is fine. Our family is fine. It's just sucked. It's yeah. sucked. Now I get it completely and utterly. I get it. I, you know, I've, I was in similar situations as Matthew, and I've actually been in pretty close contact with someone who definitely has it. And as we were discussing before recording, I'm, I'm just assuming that I'm some kind of high powered mutant. Yep. Too yep. weird to live, too rare to die. You're pretty, you're getting there. You're almost there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So we're, how has your gaming entertainment been, Scott? Oh, it's been Since pretty we've good. we've had a little downtime. We've had a little downtime. It's been pretty good. That, that which exists. Of course, the holidays eat what they can. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, pretty good. It's been kind of dry. I think the last actual gaming I did was with with you at your game. Yep. Or the on game that we play. Mm-hmm. But that's not for you, listeners. That's very a private that's, game. Yeah, that's for us. I had to cancel a couple of gaming sessions for various reasons. Yep. Uh, which sucks. I finished up my another playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3, the early access, with the Paladin. Mm. character class that they just released with the latest patch as well as it has a a a bunch of other content they kind of they pushed out the end of that of that content block they they unlocked another little smaller area with some interesting stuff and i gotta say i respect them for how when the like you can do shit to lose your oath yeah yeah. You can absolutely become an oath breaker and it's actually really cool when you become an oath breaker there's a whole thing to it Ooh, neat. Like I, I, I'm looking forward to this game. There's Oathbreaker content. Like you go through a process. And it's funny. Like it's so funny. I made a tweet about this recently. You can talk yourselves into situations where if you as your character like start to do violence or do things like that you said that you wouldn't, then you can become an Oathbreaker because of that. But you can separate your character off onto the side and then the rest of your companions go on a little fucking killing spree. And that's <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Which that's just so D and D, it's ridiculous. Jim the Paladin, do you mind? Jim, do you mind your Paladin go over here for a little while? In, stuff him him in a barrel. We'll give yeah. you this NPC to play. We're gonna go kill a bunch of people. Yeah, we gotta kill a bunch of people. Yeah, like that's that's very fun because I'm like 
All right, well, these are evil goblins. I know I talked my way past them before, but you know what? I don't like them existing here. Then it's like, and then like, you that you slam them with that, like you, because they're walking around because you talk past them. So they're not hostile to you. Right. They're, they're, they are in, quote unquote innocent bystanders. Yeah. So I click, click at with my paladin and, and they go through the whole like, ooh, you feel something broken inside you. You've broken your oath thing. And it's like, I'm like, Fuck! I don't want to do that. So I save Scrum and I do that. Yeah, but that could be a lot of fun. Like, yeah, those guys know how to put like good connect connectivity and consequence in a digital space. So I'm super eager because it's like, okay, you play an honest playthrough. Mm-hmm. You don't. You you only back up if you die. You you all your actions are the same. Have consequences. Mm-hmm. You just see where you go. It also is interesting because it you can. The what you do to break your oath is determined by the type of oath that you have. Yes. So, yeah. like, if you were if you do oath of the of the ancients, yeah, and you like allow necromancy shit to happen, mm-hmm. you can break your oath. Yep, that makes complete sense. I'm actually extremely happy because it's always good to have like living examples for GMs and players. Mm-hmm. Be like, when you play these types of oaths, this is the crap. You can and cannot do because odes are very important. Yeah. Remember, you are a fighter plus huge amounts of mystical power on top. I mean, those smites, man. Those smites. Oh, yeah. 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 Just. Oh, boy. Boom. As for my gaming and stuff, good. I've been catching up on a lot of anime. Yeah. Like, anime's a lot. good. I watched Chainsaw Man. I got, I'm starting to read the manga, actually. It's the first, like, manga I've ever started collecting and reading. I really love it. We'll go into it down the road. Been rewatching. Thousand Year Blood War, Bleach for Bleach, yeah, which is the last big arc, the last arc of the anime of the of the manga, which I'm happy because oh man, I went back and watched some previous Bleach. Ow, ow, why did why did we like that? That why? filler, yo, that filler. I've I'm ignoring the filler, and my eyes still hurt. Yeah, because I'm like, get to the fucking point, people. Come on. Yeah, I've also, I've been, I watched all Chainsaw Man. It's so good. Uh, and I also watched a shorter one called Akiba Made War. Yes. You... <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't watched Akiba Made War, holy fuck, it's so good. It's like very stereotypical Yakuza story, but instead of the Yakuza, it's, it's like made cafe waitresses. Yeah, they're not actually Yakuza. They're not actually They're Yakuza. just taking those types of stories. And telling them, like, it's so violent, and it's so fucking crazy, and it's so cute. I can't I can't begin to describe it. It's so fucking good. Yeah, the, the, the premise when he told me, I was like, I had to look it up, and was mm-hmm. like, I can't wrap my brain around this. What is you, going you on? You just have to see it. You just yeah, have to see it, how to. they pull I it need. off. Also picked up, because of Christmas and everything, picked up some games. I've got the Midnight Suns, which is the Marvel game. Not bad. I haven't played a lot of it. Haven't had a lot of lot of time just to sit down and do it. AKA COVID. Yeah, when you get sick and you're off of work, but you have got COVID, your ass is just sleeping. And you mm-hmm. can't concentrate on shit. So that's right out the window. And I picked up Sifu, if you remember that with that game. It came uh, out yeah. a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's actually technically kind of a hard game. Like, I like it. Like, I, I think I can get behind it. Because you've got to memorize your movements. Mm-hmm. And how the controller works and what you need to do it. It's hard to spam. You can't just push mash buttons and win. You've really got to remember and pay attention to what's happening on the screen, which is cool. That's it's emulating yeah. martial arts. All right, well, Scott. Before we go into the news, no, no, that's about it. That's about the extent of my gaming. Lighter than I'd like it to be. 
All right. Well, don't worry. It's a new year. New us, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, no, no, things will kick back games. up. Speaking of, you know, potentially new games on the horizon and all that other stuff. Yeah, everyone, since since the new year hit, uh, you're probably aware of it by now. The There has been a leak of the new, what they call the 1.1 OGL from Wizards. Um, this has been, excerpts have been spread across the internet. Some people have said we've we've seen official copies of this draft. It, nothing is official. Nothing has been officially announced and released by Wizards. So this could all be preliminary language, but it's caused a huge hubbub in the RPG community because this new OGL is supposed to shred the old OGL, replace it with a much more extensive, a much more restrictive OGL that basically says you make stuff with our with through us like with our content, it's ours, and you got to pay us. Mm-hmm. It's like there. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not as draconian as like anything that you do. There has to be you have to hit a certain revenue limit from what I what I've read. In that order is to- one. If you kick, if you if you you have to how part of it how it works as far as the drafts have been said. If you make are going to make a content that uses D and D, that includes one D and D and the older editions, mm-hmm. you have to register. Yeah. Once you register, you have to basically go this is how much i'm making off the product this is how much i'm selling it for this is how much i'm making etc and so forth if you make up to seventy five thousand dollars, you owe us royalties if you kick if you basically crowdfund it you owe us uh, about 25 percent. and if you go through kickstarter specifically you only owe us 20 percent. and i'll come back to that in a second that's oh, dirty what no this is even the dirtier part <laughs> One of the one of the clauses is says if you use our content, if you use one D and D any edition, anything you put out on on Union Brewers, we own it. We can use it. We do not have to pay you. We do not have to. We do not need your permission. That's it's, fucking dirty. It, it is real gross a lot of people are very upset the reason why a lot of people think these leaks are legit is the gaming director for kickstarter confirmed that wizards approached them about the royalties and and negotiating a lesser cut if you went through kickstarter Ooh. yeah it's it's day oh, go ahead that is just like I, I, I'm hesitant to say anything about it because I want to wait until an actual mm-hmm. official release. Yep. Now, they've made a tweet that I saw just before we started recording about how, oh, thank you for your patience. We'll be making an official statement soon. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a real weaselly way thing to say. They should just fucking say it. Yep. They have a PR department. They should make it happen. But yeah, if any of this it's true, that's fucking dirty. Yeah, it's it's not good. There is very minor, and I do mean minor in my perspective, of like why arguments of why they would do this. That doesn't excuse to doing doing it. Mm-hmm. It just like well, the the reason they're doing it is because they want all the money. Yeah, they want all the control. and they want all the control. They want all the right. money and all the control. Yep. I had a weird fucking thought today, and it's not. It's my thought is not true. It is not real. It is not their actual explanation for things. But because my mind so often goes back to Dune, the idea of Leto II's golden path, where mm-hmm. Leto 
strangles the galaxy and the Imperium, puts it under such a tight control such that humanity has an inborn need to rebel and scatter yep. and become stronger. And I'm like, ah, I mean, perhaps there is some some worm god in Wizards of the Coast that is just like realizes how stagnant the, the industry is with D&D atop its golden throne, its golden Imperial lion throne. Uh... And it must crush until all scatter away and then all the new the other tabletop systems will flourish and grow and new things will grow from the ashes we have to pull the weeds so that the ground may be free so exactly that's not true it would be fucking awesome Awesome. if it were and in my and and in my like alternate reality where things are cool and awesome and (laughs) and and have like you know the fucking the fucking weird ass like guitar solo from the dune movie yeah 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 just 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 cranking it out and we got some worm god up there just yeah, going exactly i have the grand agenda and this will make us all prosperous well and we know that's not true sadly yeah um, no that the, the, there is no worm god that will save us all through yeah uh, that it, it sucks actually some big obviously some very prominent figures in the sort of gaming sphere have gone out and spoke out and against this cobalt press just put literally a press release out today saying we're making our own system they're one of the biggest third party mm-hmm. users of the ogl they're, they're they actually make a decent chunk of change for their company making these third party content and they're like we're going to design our own system we're still uh, we're going to wait but we we're going to certain things that we've already got in motion are going to continue yeah. But we're making our own system. We're going to free ourselves from the OGL. Yeah. Oh. No, Onyx, I'm not, Onyx Path has not officially said anything yet. Yeah. Uh, but I know Eddie Webb has made comments essentially that because they're coming out with a new, another bit of news, uh, yes. there's going to be a new edition of Pugmire, the Realms of Pugmire. Yep. And that is not going to be OGL. It is going to be Onyx 20. Good. Uh, oh, neat. D20 based system that is distinct probably distinct enough from the D that it get, gets out from under the ogl correct because uh, you can't copyright a d20 everyone you can't, yeah, you can't. sorry that's not um, how that works so i mean it'll be recognizable from what they could say like but they are changing it significantly so that it's in, yeah um, so that it's own system so yeah and that i would i would not be surprised if things like their scarred lands and legend lore and their other crossroad continent all of their d20 material might shift over that way. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that. So you, that's you're going to somebody. Matt Koval put it on Twitter very succinctly because he remember he was a gamer back in the mm-hmm. '90s, '80s, and '90s. He remembers when D and D wasn't a big thing in the gaming circles. It was a much minor thing. It was an older game, mm-hmm. and it's only in the last 10, 15 years that D and D has become so monolithic. So if this does go through, this has the opportunity, just kind of like Scott said open up and sort of like give new space for people to design things outside of d20 well i mean i think it's less about having the space it's having the necessity yeah this but that's what i'm saying is if you necessity is the mother of invention exactly yes yeah so it's one of those things we'll keep everyone posted as much as we know i mean we're not lawyers and we're not super we're in it None of this is official. All the things that are happening right now are reactions to the leaks or the yes. supposed leaks, which have some credibility behind them. But Wizards has not said anything. They have said, yes, we're working on a new OGL, but nothing from them has been official. 
yes and we will see when the after the bombs drop we'll see where everything stands so we'll get on with there so we're gonna move right unless you got any other news justin achille has left paradox that's right uh, doing his own thing Mm -hmm. he has finished his part of werewolf before doing so which is good to hear but sad to see him go because he's you know he makes some good stuff Yes, he does. He, he was, he's a very, he leaves, he feels he is said to be, he is confident in the hands of people at Paradox to handle mm-hmm. the world of darkness, but he is going, he's starting his own multi, basically multimedia gaming company with probably some buddies that he knows in the industry. Yeah. So we wish him the best of luck and we are eager to see what he, his and his team decide to produce. Yeah. Paradox also released a, a 2023 January update to the World of Darkness that essentially said nothing. Yes. Nothing that we hadn't heard already before. So I was a little, little disappointed by that. Oh, uh, like Big said, uh, Werewolf 5th Edition is in, in the editor's yeah. suite now. So it's 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 coming. It's getting, I'm trying to think of anything else. The OGL has probably have swallowed most yeah. of the convert the rpg conversation so well i mean from from what i like the one th- one th- other thing i want to say about this is that i'm very curious to see how this is going to apply whatever version co- is is real is going to apply to things like actual that's another big conversation well because i mean i think it's safe to say that the resurgence and the the upswell of D&D as, as what it is today is thanks to actual play, mm-hmm. is thanks mm-hmm. to Acquisitions Incorporated, Critical Role, and Dimension 20, NADPOD, yep. like all these like pretty big successful actual play, Adventure Zone, like that's that was really the thing that that brought it out of the, the darkness, as it yes. were. Yes, in respect, uh, it definitely cracked another layer and brought more into more exposure there was momentum there but it cracked that final that that final thing that we really needed well it made Um, it it made it entertaining it showed a use case essentially yes hey this is what it is when you do this yep um and so i'm curious to see how it's going to affect that because that is that is like literally the biting the hand that feeds one one of the caveats if i remember reading correctly one of the caveats in in the leaks is if you have any sort of actual play if it's not behind a paywall it's fine you can continue doing so aka youtube but if you put it behind a paywall we're out yeah that's gonna fuck dimension 20 correct that is in 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 won't screw critical role over immediately and there's a lot of like they're probably obviously there's a lot of hot goss of like what they're likely doing on the back end or on, in the back doors yeah. in the back rooms between like talking to wizards and critical role and going you know if you screw us we'll just go to a different game system yeah. and we will take all our fans all of them with us mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure dimension 20 might have said similar mm-hmm. things i do know another bit of bit of news kind of tangential a lot of dimension 20 people brandon lee mulligan eric ishii lou wilson and abria eingard and one of their behind the scenes producer people whose name i don't remember right now because i don't see them every week mm-hmm. uh, in front of a camera have made a they're making a podcast network kind of thing called a world's beyond measure Mm, uh, which they are slowly releasing tidbits of information. I know they're going to have a Patreon, but I don't think the actual content is going to be behind a paywall. So hopefully that won't affect them. If they aren't doing D&D related stuff, my, my, my dearest hope is to see Brennan Lee Mulligan and crew and do things that are not D&D. I would love it. I love it. I mean, I mean, 
she did vampire for a really did, long yeah. time and Bre brennan was a part of that as well oh god i'd love to see brennan run world of darkness he may he may do it buddy yeah that'd do be it. fun as hell but that so that's that's a thing so who knows how this is all going to shake out i, I it is I, the it is the 800 pound gorilla in the room and it's mm -hmm. fascinating that one little thing like this is going to just because the ogl has been around for like 20 years now yeah and it's, it's been fine it's been yeah, good no, it's actually, exactly the way it's set up has been good and promoting of you know quality content like all this OGL stuff is supplemental material for the thing that D&D is. Like, it's supportive of the main branch of D&D. Yeah, but <laughs> but Hasbro don't get their money, man. Yeah, from no, some of no, 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 no. They get plenty of their fucking money. I know, I know. They get plenty of their fucking money. That It's just corporate. It's the corporatism of all unless it's all the money it's not enough right it's 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 or do we have control over all of it mm -hmm. like everything in the ip because some because they had a part of the start of this sort of thing rolling downhill was a big shareholders meeting that they had at how for wizards and they're basically yeah we're not monetizing this enough and we want to emulate stuff the recurring financial income of video games and other digital media and not everyone everyone going what did you say what well yeah no, the, the signs of one dnd have been ominous and strange for some time now yes and this is we're, we're starting to see the real teeth of it now uh, it sucks. It sucks that fucking corporate America has gotten its teeth into a beautiful collaborative thing that, you know, people have been using to tell stories for decades. And... Yeah. And, and it's like, this was fine. You've made plenty of money. I know it's not all the money, but boo hoo, make better content, motherfucker. If you yeah, want well, everyone. And and the thing is like, you know, I've, I've never been Mr. D and D it's never been no. my favorite. It's yeah. never been the thing that I, I go to. And so in reality they can't do they can't take tabletop gaming no absolutely there's so not. much more out there to to quote my, my one of my favorite band of rebels you can't take the sky from me you cannot take the sky from me i like another quote from a movie is you were you i you merely adopted the darkness yeah i, I was, was born, born to it yeah, exactly. it by it yeah i remember motherfucker i was back in the 19 like 96 starting to roll dice in the back room of a gaming store there's no way you get into that that's you cannot control that yeah and you're you're going to destroy the castle that you built and peace be with you as it were we'll be just fine everyone else most of us will be just fine so we're going to move on to bright better yeah <laughs> i would say brighter things oh no uh, oh no but we're gonna talk about a show that i promised scott i would watch before the next episode and i have even through mm -hmm. covid and i enjoyed it goddamn thoroughly no fucking right you did yeah uh, it's what called andor yep. everyone we're talking about andor here so if you haven't seen it giant fucking spoilers but go ahead and watch it it is get least watch the first two episodes mm -hmm. like back to back and if it's not for you it's not for you but man First 10 minutes got me, just sold me on who Andor was and what the stakes were. Mm -hmm. This is a, this is a rebel story, a re story of rebellion. This happens to be in the Star Wars universe. It is the most adult Star Wars pro thing to date. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the Rogue One was probably the, the, the other one, but it's the same kind, it's the same 
characters. It's the same era. It's the same type of story. And it's fantastic. This is an anti-fascist, if you really want to look at this is, and if they continue with the series, which I think they're going to do, everyone loves the show. Everyone has raved, rave reviews of it. I think we'll definitely get a couple more, one or two more seasons out of it. Yeah, I think there's planned to be at least one more season. We all know where it's headed. We, we know um, where it ends. Yeah, they've they've said that from what I've heard, the they've said the last the last part of the last episode is Andor heading to the space station where you see him first in Rogue One. Great, that's perfect. That's where I want you to end it. That's amazing. So this is a story about a guy named Cassian Andor, mm-hmm. who when we first meet him, it's kind of noirish. It's raining. He's on a weird planet. He's looking for someone. He's looking actually looking for his sister and inner and interspersed. And it's a lot of skullduggery, a lot of hush hush. We're not supposed to talk about this person and where I'm from. But I was never here. But he gets into a bit of a scuffle and he ends up killing two sort of corporate officers not corporate imperial cops. corporate cops these are not these are not imperials and not not official imperials but the ball starts rolling downhill for andor because of this because scott did you get a little bit miserah from this bit, show a little bit lay miz a little bit of lay miz a little bit of you know hunter and hunted vibe to it there's definitely people who are on his trail and want his ass but the story being told is much bigger absolutely and so you have this sort of multi-layered kind of character motivations. But yeah, this is the story of Cassian Andor from Rogue One, how he kind of goes from living a, li- a a more quiet life to an active member of the Rebellion. And it's also the story of how the Rebellion truly gets started. Yeah, um, um, actually, I want a good analogy for people kind of grabbing into it. This is, this he feels a lot like Han Solo from New Hope when you well, first but- meet him. He's just a guy making his way, making a buck. He's a little shady, knows some people. He's very skilled, but he just wants to live another day. That's all he wants. It's it's actually interesting because they had to, they had to do some like reconciling that because like I, I I his character got a little bit rewritten from Rogue from Rogue One uh, right. because there's a line in Rogue One that he says like some of us have been fighting this fight since we were 16. Yeah, and he's um, much older. He's than much me. older than that. But they go back and they like they integrate that. He had been living a lot, been a part of not so so much the rebellion, but he had been part of resistance. Yes, uh, when resistance. he was sixteen, and that ended poorly for him. So he got out of that life, and this yep. is him getting back into that life. Yeah, because his what you find out through some really interesting flashback. He is was born marooned. We're not sure. A whole bunch of children on this like basically this quarantined imperial world something's going on we don't know what happened there yeah i think he was a native of that world and it was a place that the empire just fucking destroyed for its yep. resources like strip mined the planet but they were all children there were no adults with them at all they were the oldest was like 16 or 17 well i think all the adults had died yeah uh, that's as what a I result they... of some industrial accident why well, that's why i thought that maybe the accident happened and the imperial left the just left the planet and they just had to raise themselves that's basically what happened yeah and then he gets hooked up with some pe- some people some scavengers who are part of the fledgling rebellion so he, he he's in and out of that life because of the circumstances but this is him well and truly getting into the rebellion yeah he is he's a man of skill and and Scott, you can understand this. We've listened to a lot of like behind the bastards and a lot of mm-hmm. like conversation about like 
the resistance in World War II and like anti-fascist movements and stuff like that. And like the little stories that you hear about how people get drawn into this inner circle of this mm-hmm. and that in inserts Stellan Skarsgård oh. as as Luthen Rail, who's the a, best. At, he's the fucking best. Yeah, he's a great character because when you meet him, he's like he's this weird, obviously very well connected, well financed, charismatic individual who's looking for he's looking for something that Andor has, and it's kind of just a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. But what he's really looking for is Andor. Yeah, and he, and he finds him. He wants him. He wants to recruit him because he thinks he's useful for a thing that he's planning. And like even like you say that thing is a MacGuffin. But it's also very important because it's what it, it connects to other parts. Like people start looking for Andor because of this thing. McGuffins can do that. Oh yeah, but it doesn't actually take it. Does, yeah, the, it doesn't do anything in the story other than doing exactly what you just said. It does. It yeah. connects everyone and it makes makes it the vehicle to keep the plot going. But um, yeah, Luthien Rail is a fantastic character. I, I asked this previously obliquely to Ryan when we were discussing this last podcast, but I'm not going to ask you, Matthew, now. What's the over on over under on him actually being a Jedi? He's not a Jedi. You don't think he's nope. a Jedi? I don't even think he's force, force sensitive. I just, because yeah, he's fortunate, but there's nothing I have seen that makes it paranaturally fortunate. He has a kyber crystal. That is one argument in your favor. It's a big-ass kyber crystal. His ship has lightsabers. Okay, yeah, I forgot about the lightsabers. His fucking ship has lightsabers. Okay, okay. I don't think he's a Jedi. I don't, I don't think. I don't, he might not be a Jedi, but I think he is, there's something going on with him. Also, I I always had a problem with the timetable of, of the Imperial, Imperial, Mm -hmm. uh, like, era because mm-hmm. it's like it's Luke is a baby, and then he's like twenty something. Yet everyone forgot like all of this shit that happened in the universe. It's not so much that they forgot; it's that well, that's the thing is like in the original trilogy, we don't get to see much of Coruscant. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guarantee you, no one on Coruscant forgot the Jedi. Oh yeah, but I was what I was my point is, Luthen is old enough, like yeah. really old enough, because he's like in his sixties when we mm-hmm. see him. That he absolutely remembers the old Republic. He absolutely yeah, he remembers the Jedi and what they did. It, could he have been a Jedi or just really close to the Jedi Order? Yeah. Absolutely. He might have been like a marginal force talent. Like not enough to get recruited, but yeah, some, something along the lines of that. He dealt in antiquity and you know the Jedi and their antiquity. Ah. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they... His speech about why he's doing this or what he's sacrificing is one of the like coolest fucking speeches I've ever heard because it is just full of pathos and commitment to the good truth to truth, truth and and to the cause of resisting this evil empire and, and it has it has tinges of like the the speech from the um uh the bad guy in the in the firefly movie yep uh, you know I I I work for a world that I will never see Correct. I want. I will. I will never lay under the the in the shade of a tree that I the that I have, that I have just planted. It's the idea of legacy. It's the idea that. And also, great thing about this show showcases that true rebellion, true resistance, does not happen in a moment. It no, happens it has, over it 
years. Happens over years, and it, it, it requires the commitment of people to lay long-term plans and build coalitions and sacrifice people. Absolutely. 100%. And this is about sacrifice. Like, and if you... Even though it's not like there are obviously not analogs to what's going on in modern day United States or anywhere else in the world, you can definitely start understanding because because this has been keenly shown in the show versus the stuff we've listened to, Scott, is like true rebellion, true resistance, breaking the back of fascism and, and a tyranny takes so much to actually do. It can happen. It will happen but it takes a lot to do it. And I love that. I absolutely adore that because it was like, we need money because half the show is a heist. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a heist and that gets the money, but like, it's not even about the money. No, it isn't like that. Even that is a feint and a maneuver in a bigger game. Correct. That Um, is just there to showcase a to because Andor is recruited by Luthen. He meets a whole house of other characters and they are dyed in the wool, at least as far as we know from the get-go, from, mm-hmm. from observing them. They're dyed in the wool rebels who are trying to steal, a basically break into Fort, Fort Knox. Yeah. They're trying to break into Fort Knox. They're, they're Imper- stealing the payroll for an imperial sector. Which is... Guard- Game to win some outs. Yeah, exactly. They have the whole thing. They have a great heist. It's really cool. Shit goes sideways as it's supposed to in a heist. Mm-hmm. Andor eventually gets out. There's great back and forth. It's visually very cool. Mm-hmm. You meet some great characters, but then that just leads into Andor having to wrestle with where he, now that he is. Yeah. And this, got, is a, this is a show that has arcs to it. Yes. Like every couple of episodes, you're in a different part of the story and you move around the galaxy a little bit. Characters uh, are in different positions, mm-hmm. like like Bix, you know, mm-hmm. the, the main one of the main female leads goes through absolute horror, like mm-hmm. absolute the worst horror. Fuck the Empire. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. When they explain what their torture device is, oh, I God. was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, that's real. That's real shit. Like that's disgusting, real shit. Then and then Andor goes through his own, and because there's a little bit of there's no time skipping, but there we are with Andor for a while. Yeah, there is a part where he thinks he's out. He's he's done with the heist. He's good, and he's just trying to lay low. Well, the Empire is everywhere, and the Empire are a bu- bunch of dicks. Yeah, no, they they are. There's no justice. There's no fairness. There's no equity. He. Like okay, so he gets he gets thrown in prison, yes. and it's not it's not for the heist, it's for nope. it's for essentially nothing. It it's actually a consequence of the heist indirectly because it be, yeah the empire cracked down on the galaxy after the heist. Mm-hmm. All these measures were passed by the Senate through Palpatine, like Palpatine introduced them to the Senate and got them passed to crack down, which indirectly got Andor in prison, mm-hmm. and then when Andor was in prison. It's basically revealed that you have gulags. He's mm-hmm. literally in a gulag. He is making parts that are essentially for the Death Star or some other big machine of the no, Empire. It, it, it's the, the the last shot of the show is you see the thing that he was building as part of like the big dish of the Death Star. Right. So he gets out, but he's there for over a year, and it it's supposed to be his sentence. And everyone, this entire prison runs on the concept of hope. Mm-hmm. It's a horribly like devious prison because it's all about just do your time. 
Just turn time, you'll be out. And you just think about your days. You get food, you get water. Just follow our rules. Mm-hmm. Work your well. Work. work well. No one's going to beat you. No, no I mean, gonna... they'll, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. They'll, they'll hurt you. But no one's going to beat you. This mm-hmm. isn't an us for sim. It's like, because they, they did something very clever that I really like to tamp down the violence in the mm-hmm. show is they've magnetized, they, they, they've made a current in all the floor and nobody wears shoes other than the guards. Mm-hmm. So if they want to stop something from happening, they press a button and everyone gets electrocuted. Yeah. So it's a very devious way of controlling the yeah, populace. Their, their cells have no bars. They don't need it. Just don't, yeah. as the guy says, don't walk in your sleep. Yeah, don't sleepwalk, yeah. Um, um, he gets out, but the reason there's a rebellion in the prison is they they fuck up, the Empire fucks up, and they find out no one's going home. No mm-hmm. one ever gets to go home. They're just going to move you. They're just going to move you to another place or another yep. level of the prison. A, a, a more horrible prison awaits you for all yeah. the people who know that this is forever. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to some death mine getting the ore for the, the stuff that just got, and we're just going to work you until you you're dead. Right. Yeah. Yep. It, it's fucking horrifying. And then they're like the final arc is this this beautiful coming back to his home planet and and this true spark of like populist rebellion. From from the prison, this is when he learns of kind of accepts and learns his own power. Mm-hmm. Like when he when he motivates the 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 the, the shift leader who's played by Andy Serkis's character who does a great job by the way there's no there's no weak link in this entire mm-hmm. show oh the cast um, is immaculate yeah the shift leader Andy Serkis cast he's just a guy buying his time he's obviously the leader of men you can get that sense of him and Andor accepts and understands he can inspire this man who can inspire armies mm-hmm. and he does and it's such a beautiful moment when Andor does that and then when he leaves he realizes I need to do this I need to rebel I need to be part of this this is not going to stop the empire has to die the empire has to be destroyed my mother was right my (laughs) quote-unquote my mother my adopted mother the one who raised him was absolutely correct and she's she's an old crotchety antifa like firebrand yeah, she's old school. She realizes, again, another really old person who remembers when the Empire wasn't the Empire, mm-hmm. wasn't around, and her funeral sparks rebellion. Yep. Everything starts coming together at her funeral. Great scene, by the way. Yeah, and, and interesting, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I heard that her part of her final speech when she shouts, fight the Empire, fight the Empire, that was an edit. Uh, she initially says... Fuck the Empire. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I but can. They, but, but the big mouse, like like a Death Star, coming over the po- the planet, its shadow falling on the planet. Says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I say fight. Oh, no, no F-bombs. Huh? Perfect. <laughs> no, you. that's okay, though. That's okay. Just, just, the, just it's, like, it's like the Death Star shadow, but there's also two little other balls. Like, yeah. The, the, the big mouse shadow comes over. See it, I see it in my head. And the great thing about this entire show is there's no Force users. None. Yeah, no, none whatsoever. Unless Luthien can is. That's speculation. There's absolutely nothing confirmed that. Oh, the, the other Emperor thing we haven't is... talked about is fucking the ISB. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back. There's a whole other undercurrent of this show that is fucking fascinating. If you want to get the inside mind of how the Empire really works, is the ISB. Was it Imperial Security, Security Bureau? Yeah. 
It is essentially like the CIA of the Empire. It's the SS. Yes, the, the, yeah, the SS. It's the CIA. It's KGB. It is the authoritarian, you know, intelligence agency. Intelligence agency that is the true horror, like the true like hand of the emperor laying down oppression. And, and I want I want everyone to point out. I want to point out everything when you watch this show. It's amazing because the ISB are like in these immaculate white suits white corridors everything is clean and brutalistic like everything is very functionary yet when you're with cassian and with andor and the and, and everything out there it gets dirty and dirty and unkempt. lived in and real yes and it's interesting it's the facade that 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 a tyrannical thought conjures mm-hmm. like control i have to control my environment i have to understand it i have to have to keep everything clean and tidy discipline everyone we have to have complete and utter discipline yeah and, and you also see this when you're in corporate space yes like, you, cereal so, is a great example yeah, cereal yeah. is a great example of that yeah less so in the first like corporate owner because that's out that's out in the that's far away from the direct control of the empire but like on coruscant where you see where the the captain bootlicker yeah, uh, a, where cereal a, ends up the Bureau yeah. of, Con- I think it's called, like the Bureau of Purity or yeah, something, something like purification. Like yeah, it's like, it's basically like industrial regulations. Yes, that's um, all it is. But it's just like rows upon rows of endless pods that people work in. It's like, it's essentially a sci-fi cube farm, Yep. but it is like perfect uniform discipline and control and banal. It's so banal. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, and it's fascinating because Serial is a character who ends up crossing with Andor because he was so fanatical about finding Andor and he was in over his head. Mm-hmm. He gets drummed out of his position with the corporate, the corporate overlords in the sector where Andor was, and he has to sort of pick himself up. He goes, lives with his mom, and he gets he, but he never stops trying to find Andor. Yeah, well, he's such, a, he's just a fucking like he is the sniveling authoritarian fanboy. Like, I don't he, think well, sniveling. I don't think is the right term, but he's definitely a fanboy for tyranny. He's mm-hmm. he's he because in his mind. The world needs to operate by an order, right? Mm-hmm. Just you, if you take a minute and think about Cyril's position, you realize why things like the Empire and fascism can be so appealing to people. It's structured, it's ordered, it makes everything make sense. Well, I mean, it also like if if you are the type of person which he is a a human that's that they kind of like watch everything into you know human superiority, especially in the newer Star Wars. So you know he's a human. You know he's he's fairly well connected. You know his family has connections. So the Empire is supposed to work for people like him, right? Like it's supposed it's supposed to privilege people like him, correct? And he and he desperately wants a piece of that privilege. It's a combination his vengeance. Because he thinks Andor did him wrong, mm-hmm. he doesn't see his own folly and mm-hmm. fault in his in that situation, and he thinks the Empire is the way to go about it, and so he's helping the Empire in any way he can to a fanatical level. Mm-hmm. I which, fucking like that's a that's one of the most hateable characters. Oh yeah, like, like just fucking fa- hateable. He is he is repulsive and fascinating all at the same time mm-hmm. because you're like, I want to see where you go. I want to see what happens. Well, I mean, he's like every fucking like internet fascist. Like, yeah. you know, like he's every internet fascist out there who's like cheering, cheering on, you know, our, our dear leaders. Yeah, um, it's, it's, 
interesting because we get um, well, obviously Andor gets a lot of screen time. Serial gets a substantial amount of screen time, and mm-hmm. so does Moth Moth Tarkin. Mm. Tarkin? No, 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 Tarkin's not in this. Yeah, no, no, Moth, not in the... What's your name? There's, Mon, there's Mon, no Moths. Mon, Mon Mothma, yes. Yeah, thank you. God, sorry, Star Wars fucking names. Yeah. I'm terrible with normal names. Mm-hmm. Montho, we also get. It's almost like a three-part story. because there's, Mon, there's a lot. It's an ensemble cast with Handor as the nominal lead. Yeah, like, like I said, you, you see all parts of the rebellion. You see Mon Mothma, the senator who's very precariously placed. She has, like, internal tensions with her family. And and she has trying to, trying to like combat the empire from within by the legislature, while also moving money around and trying to work she, with. Luke she's and a Rain. fascinating situation because she is a person of great wealth and privilege, mm-hmm. who's starting through Luthen starts realizing the level of sacrifice you have to go to, to make things happen to fight the empire because she yeah. thinks. Well, first you're like, oh, I'm a senator. I'll just do it legally. Obviously, that's working. I've got these connections. We'll just spread some money around, right? It'll just mm-hmm. it'll go into some dark holes, and people will make the rebellion happen, right? Right? And then no, you have to do more. We need more money. We need more connections. To the point, there is a very disturbing plot line where essentially she doesn't literally, but essentially sells her daughter off. Mm-hmm. for marriage to get the connections she needs to move untold wealth to the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Even though this is kind of what the daughter wants and what other people, but you can tell Bon Mothma does not want this. Yeah. But she has to make that decision. And she's like, oh, I gotta do this. And I'm, I was just like, holy shit, you guys are not pulling your punches on this. Because that's the type of shit to fight a machine. That's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fantastic show. There's so many layers to it. There's so many interweaving connections. The characters are all fantastic. The writing is great. The actors are awesome. The The visuals are great. Like It uses mm-hmm. a lot of practical effects. Yes, they uh, do. In combination with CGI, it's not like a it's not a bullshit CGI fest like nope. a lot of things are. We get like only like one really cool like like space fight scene and aforementioned mm-hmm. lightsabers. Yeah. Also, his flechette anti tractor oh. flechette was great. I'm like, oh my god, why didn't I ever think of that? Mm-hmm. Like, why has that? We've never seen that in the show. Well, you want to pull stuff to you? Here's a bunch of little things. Very sharp things. They're just gonna shred your your tractor tractor dish. Mm-hmm. So fucking cool. <laughs> we got to get at the hell out of here. Yeah, right like now. that that ship is a very cool ship. It is. Yeah, like, it's just it's money. Money can yeah. buy like it is so much tech and gadgets and and power. It's essentially a droid. It's essentially yeah. a droid. The ship is a droid, mm-hmm. and he he programmed it and gave it all the bells and whistles he needs to do what he does. Yeah, Endor is great, and towards the end of it, not all the stories are resolved. Oh, no, this is not a one and done thing. They they definitely were like pointed to the bleachers and were like, mm-hmm. "We're going all the way, guys. This is where we're. Go- That's why I'm sending the fucking baseball mm-hmm. right here because they're like, we're not wrapping this up. This story is not done." Yeah, well, There's I mean, a- it's got to go to Rogue One. Like that's yep. where it's all leading to. Yeah, it's it's great show if you haven't seen it. Obviously, we spoiled the living bejesus out of it, but you'll enjoy it. There are a lot of characters we haven't mentioned. Oh yeah, that are interesting. There's the young, there's the young Turk, the the tech oh. guy during the heist. Oh my god, what a great, beautiful soul! Mm-hmm. 
I thought he too pure for this world. I loved him. Here's why. At first, you're like, oh, are you going to be like the weird, meekish, younger kid? But then you get him start talking, and he and you're like, oh, you're the firebrand. Yeah, you're the true Yo, believer. You're the true believer. You're the one who's spouting poetry and theses at everyone going, this is why this is bad. You are, the, you are a spark. Hmm. You're definitely too pure for this world. All that money. So All much money. money. And, and, and it wasn't even the point. Wasn't even point. It wasn't even all of it either. They yeah. didn't steal all of it. They stole a giant chunk of it, but it, it wasn't all of it. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's a fantastic show. It's really, I really like it. I really want to see them do more like this. Yes, I, yes. I want them to. Yeah, I'm. I, I really hope that the acolyte's going to be more like this, but I'm. Mm, I don't know. What I would acolyte is obviously going to handle more force user stuff. Yeah, please treat to keep. And I know they will, and or keep that to an absolute minimum. Well, I mean, there's yeah, there's supposed to be no fucking Jedi. Like, they, yeah, things get a little weird because the whole point of like Force and Force users is that there is a destiny, that there mm-hmm. is a flow to everything, and the part of the tension of Andor is we do not know what will happen next. Mm-hmm. We do not know if they will succeed or not. Yep, it's pretty fucking cool. All right, I think we're out of here. You got anything more to say about Andor? No, it's just, it's fucking great. It's it's worth worth the Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, definitely worth just for like a week. Watch it, binge <laughs> it. Yep. All right, so from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice.